Welcome to Talk the Dog, the show where we find a bone to pick and a take to give. These are not hot takes. These is dog takes. Can I talk that dog? Shut up and grab some tape. It finally happened. Finally happened on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Hot off the presser. All right, we tell you every Tuesday. Kirby's got that press conference. Um, doesn't always love to be there fresh off of practice. He's got other things to do. Um, but anyways, that one ran from like 6.20 to about 6.45. And then we got Zion Logue. And then we got Xavier Sori. And uh, by the time I'm wrapping up, it's like 725. I'm packing up, getting ready to run to the truck. And uh, yeah, it finally happened. We were late to open the show. Sorry about that. So the show got started a little five minutes late. Glad to have you guys in here. Let's go ahead and get this right off the bat. Let's get this hot off the presser because we love it oh so much. Hey, man, you ain't have to crawl under the camera like that, man. man man's went straight up uh, military style like he was, you know, ducking uh firearms right there um let's see here let's get on the actual correct notes i think i printed the wrong day's notes by the way over there is what it's looking like um i did yeah i, I wanted to know today uh hey a couple of things one how did dalen everett play he thought he played okay um i asked him at the end i i, I phrased it incorrectly and if you phrase a question incorrectly he'll just move on with you i meant to ask like Hey, those guys are really good. How many of those completions basically were because those guys were really good on Dalen? Um, but it ended up coming out on just comment on how good those guys are. And that just, he, he's already moved on to UAB. He's not going to com- compliment the other guys. Um, so that was, that was my problem. But he did, he did say there, there was some room for improvement from Dalen Everett's part. Um, and I, I think that could be true. I, we talked about it a little last night. And, and we definitely showed it on the film. Guys, when you see, all right, when somebody's in trail position, stand up, Kirby. Come on. Let's do this right now. I, w- I want to do this right now. Go to one and spin one to three. This is a great opening to a show because I- I'm tired of seeing it on social media. Um, so we're going to talk about it right now. Okay. Stand with your back to the camera for me because you're too handsome to stand next to me without my, w- with your face up there too. Okay. He's the receiver. All right. If I'm a corner, and I'm like over here, let's get on this side. And I'm over here with like my butt to the sideline. Guess what, guys? I'm in zone coverage. So stop, turn around and look at the, the, the quarterback. All right, if I give that up, that's fine. That's by design, we gave that up. Now, turn back again. Now, if I'm in trail position, if I'm on his butt, go that way. And I'm following this sucker like this. Now stop, turn around. Okay, and there's space there. That was man coverage and he just beat me. All right, but if I'm on him, man coverage. If my, if my butt's to the sideline or elsewhere, zone coverage. Go sit back down. Here's the problem, okay? When y'all see corners giving up coverage or yardage, you just assume it's his fault. But it's not always his fault. Sometimes we are conceding that because we are not going to give up this. Okay, and that's how defense works. Okay, you got to score. You got to put it in the box or kick it between the bars. Okay, so if we can't move the ball down the field, that's, or if we can move the ball down that field, that's fine. We will concede that. What we can't give up is points, all right? And stopping one thing 
is are, are preventing a, a deep threat for one for one reason and giving up another does not mean that the corner is getting beat. Okay, so we have to learn those two things as a fan before we're critical of, a, of an individual's play. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I feel like sometimes we can be hypercritical on those positions, tackles, okay, uh, corners, all right, uh, defensive backs in general, because all of a sudden you see one replay and so and so is getting beat. Ah, run to Twitter, guy's garbage. Well, guy's playing cover three. And he's got, he's got responsibilities for a third. Or guys playing cover four, and he's got responsibility for an entire quarter of a field. So, yeah, he gave up the five-yard hitch or the, the, the five-yard slant. Yes, okay? Holy rant. Let's get back to the presser. Um, I wanted to know what, what the question is about the portal. And people are like, well, Georgia don't, ain't really out here active in the portal. You're right, but they're, they're, their roster's getting scouted like hell in the portal. I asked him today, essentially, hey, are you proactive or reactive with this stuff? Because you guys know there is a, well, you might not know, there is a portal window now, okay? So all of the players that are pissed off with their standing or don't like where they're at right now, they're all fitting to hit the portal nowadays, boom, December 7th. Like, it's going to happen. Georgia's going to be in the middle of preparing for an SEC championship game, and slam, kids are going to hit the portal in droves, okay? Because the portal window is going to open up. So I wanted to know, hey, coach, y'all proactive or reactive? Are y'all already going through, you know, the conferences, going through the rosters, looking at the film, evaluating? Do you have your scouting department go ahead and collect this information? So when it happens, okay, you can go ahead and make decisions. You already know what's happening, okay? You already know who you might want, and you can be proactive. Or are you reactive? Are you sitting back and saying, all right, Jimmy hit the portal today. Let's go evaluate Jimmy. Is Jimmy good enough to play here? No, cross him, cross him off the list. On to the next Joe. Are you doing that? And his answer was, we're not Portal University, essentially. We're not that heavily invested in the day-to-day operations of running a portal business, okay? You know who is? Lane Kiffin. And you know who has an entire staff in their scouting department nowadays to actively siphon through Pro or active rosters in college football, I would imagine Ole Miss has a department for that. Georgia does not have a department for that. He also commented when I, when I asked him that question that he knows his roster is getting picked apart. He's been told that some of his competitors have, listen to this, have scouts on the sideline looking at their players. So when that player hits the portal, that coach is responsible for knowing information about that player, knowing ticks about that player. So you'll have player, you'll have teams that Georgia's playing this year that are actively scouting, not just in hopes of beating Georgia, but in hopes of stealing a player off of their roster. Okay, so I thought that was very, very interesting to hear as well. Um, I, I asked him another question about, you know, whether or not his, his recruiting has been impacted by, you know, high school recruiting has been impacted at all from his standpoint of, uh, you know, because a lot of teams nowadays are like either taking no high school kids all high school kids or half and half, okay? But either way, high school kids are kind of getting the, sh- the short end of the stick on these things. There's a lot more high school kids available in, in high school football and in recruiting in general. And his answer was, well, it don't affect me because, I mean, Sam and Pimba, Sam and Pimba ain't never worried about this. I- I'm mm-hmm. recruiting Sam and Pimba anyways. You know what I mean? Like Sam and Pimba used to, or, you know, the, the, the kid that's actually getting impacted by this is the kid that used to have a scholarship offered to uh, Memphis or used to have a scholarship offered to Middle Tennessee State. And nowadays, those programs are taking 20, 25 transfers 
okay, because those coaches need to win now. And he also mentioned that. Um, and, and he said it wasn't his place to judge. And I, I'd be curious, hey, what, 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 what do you guys think about this? Because I do feel like college football coaches are in a predicament nowadays. Georgia, not necessarily. Georgia can go out and recruit top five classes every year, and they can develop, and he's got time, and it's It's a machine at this point. But if Kirby were to take over tomorrow, or if, if, if he were to take over a new job tomorrow, he might have to stack his roster differently. Um, are coaches responsible for making sure high school kids continue to have opportunities, or are coaches responsible for winning and getting out of that current job and on to the next one? Because that, that's the predicament guys are in now. Do we want to stick around and develop? Do we want to take a chance on high school kids and, and develop? Or, hey, we, if we don't win in two years anyways, I'm not going to be here for that kid to develop. So who gives a shit? I got to win now. It's, 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 it's really messed up high school recruiting. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to find a balance of both. I think, but you also have to take care of yourself. Obviously, like you have a job to do. You are hired to win. You are hired to lead a successful football program. And sometimes that requires you doing what is necessary. And, and a lot of those instances, it's getting into the portal and taking 20 kids. But I think it is important to do a combination of both because you cannot build a successful program for longevity just purely off of the transfer portal. I think we've seen teams become victim of that. So I think it still should be prioritized to go get high school kids. The reason I asked this question and the reason I was curious his thoughts on it is because I heard Dion talk about this because Dion's obviously Mr. Portal right now. And he mentioned how this has impacted high school kids and how, you know, he's not taking high school kids anymore because he, he can't. He's got he, he's to take the three-year junior that's ready to go because he's got to win now because that's the standard. He wants to win now. I, I, I would imagine that once you're consistently winning, you can continue to take Cormani McLean's. You know what I mean? Four stars, five stars. Um, and you stack those, and those are the kids you add because, yeah, I would imagine the – the third-year kid that's been playing at UCF is more valuable to your roster right now than some three-star that you could possibly land or some unranked kid that you could possibly land at a, at a place like Colorado originally with, mm -hmm. without Deion Sanders. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's to your point. Like, this isn't affecting the cream of the crop when it comes to recruiting. The five-stars and four-stars are going to be sought after. Yeah. I think for morality, I guess there is some responsibility to recruit high school players from a coaching standpoint, but – it's not a requirement, one, and it's not going to help you win because, like you said, you get an 18-year-old kid on campus, you have to develop them. They're very green. There's a lot of waiting around that has to be done before they're all-out college football players. Whereas if you can go to the portal and get these guys that have experience, game time, and win now, it, it, it is kind of the – it ties you down a little bit just because you can have such a flash in the pan season with transfers, whereas recruiting takes time to develop. So – I mean. Georgia's not even in these discussions. I mean, every other program in college football right now is in these discussions. Michigan took a transfer at tackle this year. Think about it. Or Ohio State took a transfer at tackle this year. Think mm -hmm. about that. Right? Um, uh, Alabama is, is a, a, a transfer from UAB as safety right now. Last year, they took a transfer at, from Vandy and, and had him playing tackle. Uh, obviously, took Jamison Williams from Ohio State. They have filled holes elsewhere through the portal, and Georgia's dabbled in that some, but – not, it's good to see that the, the higher end of programs aren't having to do this in terms of monstrous roster overhaul. I think the line's Ole Miss. Ole Miss is transfer portal U, and, and he's been very open about having to do that and the willingness to do that. He was asked, uh, it was a great question from Seth Emerson today about uh, the, 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 not only the question of the rules, the clock rules, but having the data behind it. Uh, five and a half plays, five and a half total plays, three per team, okay, is about how many they've lost. Uh, 
So do we really need to be up in arms about the clock rules anymore? I think they suck. You think they suck. It feels like our, our product has sped up three plays total per team. Okay, he said about three and a, or it was two and a half, two and a half team per team, uh, five and a half total around average per game. The first week it was bad because you had a bunch of bad football games. And I think that's kind of what you guys got. Or, or When games have gotten much more closer and much more competitive, um, I don't think it's been that much more drastic with regards to the, to the clock rules. So no need to panic just yet with those things. Um, so that's good to hear, right? Yeah, I thought it was interesting um, because it feels like the first half specifically is what everybody seems to be harping on is playing so much quicker than it actually is. But, yeah, I went ahead and looked at the total number of plays that teams have ran, and it seems like everybody's still pretty much on track compared to last year. Like, I think Georgia in two of their games has had more possessions than they did in their first three games last year. Hmm. Or more plays, not possessions. More plays, not possessions. Yeah, excuse, yeah. And that, that, was his, that was his other thing. Maybe we need to count the possessions, not the plays. Hmm. So, stat man, get on that. Compare the – not now. I'm talking about the, the, the <laughs> Dr. J. Will – the tweet tomorrow should be themed, hey, new clock rules, here's how many times. It's not affecting the plays. We heard yesterday, three total per team, right? Five and a half, whatever the total number was. All right, but it is affecting or is not affecting possessions, a.k.a. keep freaking out or shut the hell up. Time clock rules, not that big of a deal. That's what we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, you can follow J. Will at Dr. Underscore J. Will, right? Yes, sir. How about them apples? Um, and at Kirby24K. Underscore 24K. Yeah. Under, underscore 24K. And you can follow me, obviously, at Brooks Austin BA. Uh, welcome into tonight's show. We got a great one for you. Uh, oh, before I go into that, Zion Logue, obviously, noticeably, uh, kind of sick to his stomach when talking about giving up a rushing touchdown. Uh, apparently, this against the rules at the University of Georgia. This is mm -hmm. something that Kirby talked about this week. They don't allow rushing touchdowns. When you rush the ball in, that's like spitting in their face or in my family where I come from, um, calling me a punk. You call me a punk, that's like the worst thing you can call a man, in my opinion. Um, if you ask my daddy, giving him the middle finger is the worst thing you can do. Giving the middle finger in traffic is like immediately ready to set my pops off. Like still to today, um, still ready to scrap over a middle finger in traffic. It's just something that the, mm. the folks out there in the Midwest just didn't handle very well. Um, so yeah, on to that. Anyways, does not like giving up rushing touchdowns. They gave up one Saturday and a pretty physical one Saturday where it's like, dude got hit at the two. Okay. And then was like, oh, we're playing Georgia. Don't worry. I'm going to catwalk this thing into the end zone. Um, and then get up and, and talk to that CBS camera. So they weren't necessarily happy about that at all. Uh, Kendall is in rehab. Roderick is in rehab. Don't think either one of those are going to get back. Neither of them are practicing. Javon Bullard is uh, Javon oh, Bullard. Man, you're doing so good. I was doing so good. So dang I'm good. Javon Bullard. Javon Bullard. 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 Javon Bullard, okay, is back running on treadmill underwater. So don't believe he's necessarily going to be too, too ready to play this weekend against a, a football team in UAB who, hey, little birdies. I got, I got some birdies out there in Birmingham. Little Birdie's telling me this is a bad football team. This is a bad football team that ain't necessarily excited about coming in to Athens this weekend. So just do with that what you will, 39-point spread. I, that's a lot of points, but do with that what you will. Anyways, uh, don't think those guys are going to play this weekend. Austin Blasky suffering through a sprained MCL, it sounds like. Uh, loved, loved, loved 
here is some more confirmation around here. We've been telling you what about recruiting with regards to position coaches around here. I know I do this to you guys a lot. I test you with your retention here. I have always said that Georgia is very unique in the sense that their recruiting has been put on the shoulders of their position coaches. Their position coaches are the evaluators. Okay, so when, you're, when you come in and you're hired as the director of player personnel, it's not like you're going to walk into the room, okay, and say, Stacy, I don't think Jamal Merriweather's pretty good or very good. I don't think we should take him. Or, hey, you know, you might be able to give some suggestions, but the room is his. Okay, who they decide to take is, is on the shoulders of the offensive line coach, is on the shoulders of the defensive backs coach. The quality of the room is on the shoulders of the running backs coach. Okay, it's on the shoulders of the receivers coach. If you don't believe me, look at what the room looked like under Cortez Hankton. Okay, and then look at how it's, it's getting bigger and morphing just a little bit under, uh, under uh, BMAC, right? Now, offensive linemen, you're going to see some, some, some minor differences, but you get what I'm saying, right? The wholeness of recruiting is placed on the position coaches. thought that was important to hear as well. Now, we got uh, uh, actual terminology on the two differences in rushing. We've been talking about last week. We talked about do you rush them to contain them? Do you rush them to flush, right? Rush to flush is what we're going to call that from now on on this channel. They have um, one that's called a contain rush and a hot rush. Their hot rush is the rush to flush. <laughs> what? Hot rush and rush to flush. Well, they're, they're the synonyms there. Yeah, the hot rush is the rush to flush. I, I like the idea that we're going to rush this quarterback to flush this quarterback. We're going to rush to flush. Hot rush usually does lead to a rush to flush, though. We could just drop all the pseudonyms and just call it Taco Bell. It's dropping, too. Ooh, a Taco Bell. Just call it the Taco Bell. Taco Bell does give you some hot rushes. And a rush to flush. And a rush to flush. Welcome into tonight's show. We got a loaded one for you, man. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Make sure you're liking, subscribing. All right? That's the other thing I've been noticing. We check data around here. All right? Big data. Big metrics, guy. Believe it or not. Okay? You think film guy, football dude. Oh, sure. Look at all them marks on that helmet. That big old airhead don't trust data. I do. To an extent. No, I'm not placing the, the evaluations in the data. All right? With regards to the film. But, hey. We do check the data on this network, and a lot of you folks don't subscribe. So if you found us tonight, if you like it at all, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. I'm trying to get to 20000 before the end of the season. I think it's going to be easy cake money. I, I, I don't want to challenge you too much, like maybe 30000 maybe 40000 Who knows? Who knows? Okay? Anyways, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button, liking all that good stuff. Fire off in the chat. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Uh, we got give them three. We're going to uh, give them three tonight. Um, somebody said get rid of the give them three. I'm going to get rid of you in the comments next time you say something like that. Um, three ways Georgia can improve ahead of week four. Should, I, can't, I can't even believe this one got put in the show notes. Should Florida concern Georgia now on the schedule? One win, fellas, huh? I saw Who wrote the show notes tonight? I did. One win. One win. Makes you feel better, my answer. We got we got Tuesdays with my boy Terrence tonight. Uh, Friday night's Mike debuted today, uh, and we got votes going up over on Twitter tonight. We got two options: Houston going down to Warner Robins, who apparently folks from Warner Robins are really really adamant about spelling Warner Robins correctly. It's one B, okay, not two. No two Bs in Robins, okay. It's just Robin. All right, so uh, Warner Robins, or we could go to Mill Creek at Parkview. Shorter commute for that one. Maybe a little bit more star power, but I do love me some South Georgia football. It's just a different vibe down there 
with them folks. Uh, we got concept of the day. We're going to talk a little bit about clear out routes, a.k.a. runoffs. I uh, got another night game on the schedule apparently coming down the track. Mm-hmm. This week? Well, this week. You want to talk about that. Okay, I thought there were, I thought you were teasing another one here on the show. No, notes. not yet. If you guys can't tell, the, the, the show did not get much planning tonight. I think sometimes that's some of our best work, though. It's just off the cuff. Uh, Ethan Barber, a 2024 tight end, or 2025, excuse me, tight end from Alpharetta set to come off the board this weekend. We saw him this past weekend. We're going to give you uh, an evaluation there. And, and I want to talk about this Nick Chubb thing right off the bat. <clears throat> okay. I, 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 I understand the, the need to rush to prayers for Nick Chubb. We, we all said prayers for Nick Chubb last night. But let's not act like this isn't one of the most freakiest individuals physically we've ever seen in our life. Let's not act like this dude don't have quads the size of, of, of Greek goddesses or God's sculptures, okay? Let's not act like this isn't one of the most mentally powerful individuals uh, God's ever created. Let's not act like this isn't one of the more uh, uh, mentally unique individuals God's ever created. So I, 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 I love that the that, that, that support nowadays gets that's thrown towards these. The support almost felt like condolences and like RIP to the career last night. That shit is wild. This is Nick Chubb. This dude's going to be fine. He's going to be good. All right. I know. I, I know he had one bad one and this is another bad one. It's OK. This is one of the more, more special individuals the Lord ever put on the planet. He's going to be fine. Say a prayer. Tap him on the back. Let's go. Let's not, let's, let's not act like this is the death of a career. Everything's going to be okay. All right? That's, I, am I wrong for that? Did, y- did y'all feel the vibes last night? The oh, vibes yeah. last yeah. night to me were like, oh, man. It's okay. It's going to be all right. I didn't understand the people saying like, oh, this might be a career ender. Plus, I mean, if you are going to find a silver lining in all of this, this might be the way that Nick Chubb finally gets out of Cleveland because of the way his contract works and the money's not guaranteed next year. They could go ahead and cut him off and they could, um, you know, use money elsewhere. And that's what that man needs. Get him out of Cleveland. He suffered enough. Get him on a winning football program. Yeah, I think the response came in the fact that everything you've seen with running backs in the league this year where they're kind of being undervalued, kind of pushed to the side, where you look at a guy who's had two catastrophic knee injuries and a team's probably not going to be as inclined to sign him or give him a contract as it would – an up-and-coming rookie or someone who hasn't been in the league as long, which I think that's where the concern came from. Mm. But I don't think this is the end of Nick Chubb's career. I would be shocked if it is. I mean, honestly, he's been one of the most consistent running backs in the entire NFL. Like a guy that – like Derrick Henry has had a bit of a drop-off over the past couple of years. Nick Chubb, since since he entered the NFL to now, has been consistently good. And I think he has been a top-two running back, and he probably isn't too. Kirby uh, mentioned today that he spoke to Ron Corson about it, and, and Ron thinks he's going to be fine. I mean, it's obviously a, a pretty extensive rehab, but everything's going to be all right. I think we got our boy Terrence loaded up back there in the back room. Let me know when you've got him fired up. We'll go ahead and get our guy Terrence onto the channel and uh, get him in and out. He is a very busy individual, and I know um, they got another big football game coming up this week. They have played Roswell, Alpharetta, and I think they got North Cobb this week. Um, what's up, Terrence? How are we doing today, baby? Man, great, great. How about yourself? I cannot complain. Cannot complain. We're a little bit late running to the show tonight, but it'd be like that every once in a while. Um, all right, Terrence, you bit your tongue on Twitter this weekend. It seemed like you were pretty frustrated with some of the uh, takes you saw on your Twitter timeline, man. Um, you're ready to tell some people off. You say you're going to have to bite your tongue. The floor is yours, sir. What, what were you so frustrated with this weekend? The the biggest thing is is so many 
quarterbacks that really think they understand the quarterback position. Uh, I played quarterback. Um, I played a little at Georgia at my time. And uh, for people to get on Twitter to say um, they know the reads, he's not reading this, he's not reading this. First of all, you don't know the play call. You don't know the reads. You don't understand if it's man or zone, his reads takes him to different positions. Uh, there are sometimes there's routes that are decoys that are deep routes that is not even in the progression. So I'm just looking at him like, he's playing just fine in my opinion. Yeah. Is he playing great yet? No, but this is his third start in four years. And we think the man is supposed to come out and just light it up and be a world beater. I think he's playing just fine. He's not turning the ball over. He's taking what the defense is giving him right now. When the defense does give him the opportunity to throw deep, like in the second half, then that's what he's, he's taking. He got a high per, per completion percentage. Well, I think only one interception. Like, this is his third game starting, his first game in SEC. And we think because we're Georgia, we're supposed to go out there and just demolish everyone. And that's just not going to be the case. Uh, I think Carson have, has looked better with each game. Um, we have who we have this week? Troy UAB UAB um, UAB and you're going to see probably some more shots. Yeah. Um, so I just think you know winning back-to-back -back championships is a blessing and a curse. But now because we think we're supposed to go out and just beat people down each week when Jordan Davis and and Keely Ringo and and uh, Nicobe Dean Nolan Smith, there there's a lot of talent that we have missing. Yes, we have young talent, but they're not Nolan. They're not uh, Jalen Carter. They're not those players yet. So we just have to be, not say patient, but we just have to calm our expectations down. Do I expect Georgia to be in a, in a running when it, when it counts? Yes. But football, I man, I'd rather for us to continue to get better and better each week than, than peak now, and then we're not playing as well as um, we should be in, in week 12. And if you just go back, and I know you do it, if you just go back and look at yeah. that Monken two years ago and just look at the statistics and the way we played, people was ready to get rid of Monken. But now he, he's the best thing going. And yeah. I love Monken. He brought us two national championships. But he had a young starter at that point in time with Dwayne Mathis. And then we had uh, Stetson came in. So we got to give this time to mature and, and figure out what Carson does best. Uh, what he needs to, to continue to work on. But we just think since we're Georgia, we're just supposed to go out there and just <laughs> and just beat people down like, you know, this machine didn't, didn't have 15 first rounds in the last two years. So I'm just like, come on, guys. If y'all know football, just step back and just take wait. that team, that, that national championship. This is not the national championship team from last year. Mm -hmm. that, that team is gone. This is a new, different team that's trying to achieve what the two teams achieved the last two years. And I've seen a lot of deficiencies in this team, but this is week three. We have gotten better each week. So I'm, I'm just looking for uh, improvement each week. I'm looking for the, each guy to go out and play better. And I did, I saw the offensive line. We, yeah. we, we opened some holes this, this time. We didn't get pushed back. So the offensive line played much better. So if I, as a, as a, Person, George, if I could just warn you, just temper our expectations because we have won back-to-back -back championships. I get it, but this is not the same team. We have good players. Yeah. 
will become great players at the end of the season. But we're not the last two years teams. We're not. It's so it's so interesting to me, Terrence. I mean, I obviously watch the game from the box and I see Twitter doing everything that Twitter's doing. And the only time I really look at the TV broadcast is if I need a replay, I might look up in the box and try to catch it. But I'll sit down Sunday and I'll watch the broadcast after already receiving most of the criticism. You know what I'm saying? So like most of the, the, the Twitter feed and all my mentions, I already know what people were bitching and complaining about. And then I'll, I'll go into watching that TV broadcast and I, I have no answers. Like it takes, I, I'm, a, I'm someone who considers themselves a football knowledge person. Like I know football, football right. knowledge person, well-spoken. All right, I, I know football. Dude, when I watch TV copies and we, when we study them, I have to watch a play three or four times to understand why it did or did not work. I mean, and me. And y'all are watching it on Saturday and it's just running past your face and you, and you automatically just want to rush and make an, a, a reaction. And I get it. It's, it's, it's part of the fanatical uh, you know, portion of being a fan. It's just a little bit too much for me. Again, people that know football, it takes us a minute to actually understand why, what we need to be upset about, or what we need to correct, or what needs to be addressed. Um, you, you see the, foot, the game of football the same way, Terrence? You can't just look at a play once and know exactly what happened, can you? Right. No, you can't. Yeah. I had a guy on, on my timeline tell me he, on, he knows what's going on because he's coached football for 25 years. I say, sir, I coach football right now, <laughs> and I don't know the play call. I don't know the read. I don't know what he's being told. So how can you yeah. know what – what he's being told to look at. You may think this is what he's supposed to do, but you don't know what he's supposed to do. So I, I, I just get that, you know, for looking at the play one time, I can't tell what's going on. If I had the all 22 and I could go back and look, maybe I could kind of see what we're trying to do. But you just cannot sit down and watch the game and watch the re replay and really know. Even Brooks, we can sit here and surmise yeah. what we think supposed to be looking at but we don't know because we don't know the play call and we don't know what film study has told him to look at and what coach Bobo and the offense staff has told him this is going to be your read so this is what you're going to do we don't know for sure we could go in and surmise and, and think about because we know football this is what he should be doing but we don't know 100 so with Carson I think he's playing just fine um I think a lot of people don't understand that the time with the clock not stopping, yeah, kills a lot of drives. Like we only had one drive in the first quarter. The mm -hmm. only criticism that I can say right now, I think Coach um, Smart said the same thing. I think we could execute better in the red zone, and we don't have to settle for field goals. But other than that, we are we are moving the football. What third? Like I want the people to go look at the third down completion. We was pretty good Saturday on third down. I think I well, that was one of my takes preseason. I think I said Georgia is going to lead the nation in third down completion percentage um, because that's who the quarterback is. The quarterback is a processor. Um, I think it's part of the reason why he gets so so much blowback. Like I, if, I when we study it and we do have the all 22, it's over uh, up on patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. And we look at it and we, we look at it. We have the answers. We, have, like, we sit there and look at it and process his read, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's a runoff. Like, that's that portion, that portion of the route's never in the progression. You can tell, by the way, by the way the guy runs the route. He never once looks back for the ball. He just fucking sprints. Guess what? He knows he's not part of the route, so we can see that. And you can tell that Carson is clicking through his reads, getting to the answers. And, oh, by the way, 
I, I've never known Kirby Smart to hide criticisms, all right? He doesn't. Not, not at any position, okay? okay? If there's room for improvement, he will let you know. And every single time he's gotten to the microphone when talking about the quarterback this year, he's been not only satisfied, he's been complimentary with regards to the decision-making processes that Carson Beck has made as a starting quarterback. My, my question I have for you, Terrence, having played at Georgia, I can't even remember, who was your quarterback? Was it Quincy? What, was it hard? Was it this hard to play quarterback? Was there this much blowback to play quarterback in the University of Georgia during your time? Um, social media wasn't as big. Well, I didn't even have social media when I played. So I think if, if there was social media, it would be pretty hard. You know, I had Quincy. I had uh, Corey Phillips. I had David Green. I had DJ Shockglass. My four main quarterbacks. So a good little social run. media was a good little run. Was, I, I, I'll take all four of those quarterbacks. So the social media wasn't there to to get the arm chair. Yes, you had kind of like Coach Donnie or Coach Rick call in show on Mondays and those type things, and you just read the paper, and um, that was probably the the extent of what I had to deal with. But this, this time right now, this social media where everybody is an expert. And they know exactly what's going on. And I think the people who actually played and understand don't know exactly what's going on. Too, they kind of go watch the All-22. Or they just, we're just assuming this what it should be. Um, so it, 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 it's, it's kind of frustrating just to, to see. And I understand that's, that's part of the game. And um, people are going to voice their opinion and displeasure. But I, I just had to get off Facebook because that's more personal mm with like friends and family and people I went to high school with and just see them just talk about, man, I can't deal with Bobo and Kirby. I mean, Bobo and, and Carson Beck, they, they're not it. <laughs> we could be going through what Alabama going through right now. So yeah. what would you want to have right now is our situation or their situation right now. And I, and I definitely want to, I definitely would be love to be in Georgia shoes and not Alabama shoes. So, like we just need to like settle down a little bit, like like Aaron Rodgers said, just relax. relax. And I think we are okay. We are where we're supposed to be. Are we clicking on all cylinders right now? No, we don't need to be right now. Each week you you want to get better. I can remember in two thousand two when I played mm -hmm. that team, we just got better and better and better each week, and we finally just lifted the roof off with finally winning the SEC championship because that team just got better each week. We wasn't the same team week one that we was against Florida State in the Sugar Bowl. I think we was the best team. Little things there that, that stopped us. I was a part of that. But we was a better team week 13 than we yeah. were week one. And I just see that this team getting better and better each week. You, you mentioned it earlier. It's a completely new football team. There's a lot of football players playing right now who have not played a ton of football. Like Warren Brinson has played a lot of football. He's never been the main guy. His role has completely changed. He's in a new role right now. Ra-Ra Thomas just got there five months ago. All right, Dominic Lovett got there six months ago. All right, Carson Beck hadn't started a football game since 2019. All right, so th there's a lot of talented football players and they've done enough to survive uh, some pretty uh, piss poor situations as well. I mean, we talked about it last night. The 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 vitriol and the reaction to the to the offensive performance from the first half the other night was kind of comical. Considering, if I told you this 
they had four drives, all right? But one of them was a two-minute drill with 51 seconds on the clock. They had one timeout and had 75 yards to go. We're going to go ahead and nix that drive, right? Most teams might even knee the ball into the half. So we really only had three drives in the first half. All right, and two of those, one of them was an 11-play drive that, you know, covered 65 yards on the, on the field. And then the other one was a 13-play drive that, that covered another 70 yards on the field, Neither of our, both of which resulted in three total points. It's almost a mathematical, like, impossibility without having turned the ball over, which, by the way, they haven't done a bunch this year. The one interception you talked about, uh, Terrence, that was a tipped ball that I thought, looking back on the film, was actually a pretty, like, safe placement. It just ended up with a bad result. It was the right process, bad result. And if you're just going to judge the results, then you're going to constantly be kind of miserable, are you not? So, most definitely, like you said, I'll take 13, 14 play drive. I'll let you know that we're moving the ball. Carson is putting the ball in the right places. The offensive line, uh, I think, played very well. Considering um, how they played the first two weeks, uh, you, you get Dejon Edwards back, who ended up with over 100 yards. Uh, mm -hmm. Dylan Bell uh, produced. Ra Ra Thomas, like, we see why we brought him in. Uh, Dominique Love is playing like. I told you a couple weeks ago we didn't play well as a receiving crew because I don't I didn't think the leader was there and that's Marcus he, he wasn't there you, you see what he's bringing that toughness yeah. to the receiving core so we have the guys but you got two tackles that's first year starters that Mims who's hurt now and Ernest Green you got two tackles that that's new wide receivers that's new Lad McConkey is not there. Mm. Uh, I think Darnell Washington is not being there is a big loss, but Oscar is doing the best Oscar could do, and he's doing a fantastic job. Like on, on defense, Nolan is not there. Jalen Carter is not there. You have New Corner and Dylan Everett. Um, Daniel, number 14 at safety had to come in because Devon Bullitt is not there. So there's a lot of talent. The linebackers is nicked up right now. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of guys playing different roles. And because you're a backup for a reason. So those guys are starters now. And talented as they are, they was backup last year. So that the, their roles have changed. With three games left in the season, man, look how that defense played in the, in the second half. Look how that offense played in the second half. That shows me something clicked. And we have to continue – to gain the mo the momentum that we've gained in that second half, we have to continue. I think we will. Absolutely. Um, Terrence, at what point – now, I know you trained him. Maybe not now, but you did. At what point do you become a little worrisome about Lad's injury? I know it's a back injury, but, like, like two or three weeks into this now. And, and it doesn't sound like there's very much optimism when we keep getting updates from Kirby. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little worried. Um, three weeks now, that's a long time. You know, still not playing and still not there yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Uh, I don't know exactly what the injury is. Uh, but that that's, you know, that's probably more serious than they're letting on. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm in a mindset of right now that I'd rather let sit out these early part of the season having for the for the final stretch because he is an important piece to what we do. Uh, so that means Ra Ra and Dominique Lovett and the rest of the receiving core have to uh, 
I'm gonna tell you, CJ Smith has been getting some run. He made a block the other night. Like he he's gonna be another guy that that stretches the field. So we have talent. So I'm okay with if, if the injury is, is that serious that he needs to continue to sit out. I'm okay with because we will need his abilities uh, later in the season. Um, it's like Makai Muse is taking over the punt return duty. So we found a new punt returner, and we do, we do have guys that. Uh, can make plays, but we will need his services at some point, and I'd rather have him later than than sooner. Um, seems Rara Thomas is getting a little comfortable. What what, what have you seen, and, and just how good could he ultimately be? I, I I mentioned it on the show. We we talked to a few people before the season inside the building that were like NFL guy, like that's an NFL body. He does NFL stuff during practice, like just in one on ones without having like playing real football. You watch him move. You watch him run routes, and you're like, yep, Sunday guy. What, what, what are your thoughts on Rara through three games so far? Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's slowly but surely coming along. I think uh, he, he had a rocky start to his Georgia career with the incident with his, uh, his, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, then coming into a, a different system. You know, I'm, I'm really close with Justin Robinson, who transferred to Mississippi State, and I've spoken to him about the LA offense, and it just – it's just different. I mean, I spoke to him about leaving Georgia and how complex Monken offense is yeah. to going to Mississippi State, how easy it was compared to the two. You just have to know numbers like 92. 92 tells you the whole play. 18 tells you the whole play. Then now Rara is coming from that to an offense that, that is very wordy. So it, it wordy, and he has to – to understand that it's a big difference and and from what i've been heard and told that he struggled a little bit early on yeah with picking up the offense um but the last two games we've seen his ability to stretch the field he, he's caught two explosive plays the last two games and i just feel like he's going to continue that once he gets more comfortable and it seems like he's getting more comfortable because he definitely got more snaps in the south carolina game um, but he's big, he's 6'2", 200 pounds, he can run, he can catch, and uh, we definitely going to need those type plays once to see we get into the meat of the SEC schedule. You know, used to, and Terrence, you can attest to this, used to if a, a wide receiver didn't know the offense totally, we could just tag him. We could just, like, in the every call with his tag, you know, X spot, X, X cross, X tag, whatever the tag is. But when we're a no-huddle offense, which most offenses are nowadays, tags become signals and you can't tag signals <laughs> you know what I mean like we, we have right. to signal it in if you don't know it you don't know it we have to sit out there and, and yell at you that's the new tag um so yeah you can't just make it simple for the wide receiver uh last question before we let you go Terrence through three weeks what's your biggest concern about this football team my man uh that just like I said earlier I think it's red zone I think we we have not got into the end zone enough for my liking. Um, once we get into the red zone, we like you said earlier, we've been 13, 14 play drives, and we either stalled with a field goal or we missed two field goals. So I would like to see our red zone production uh, be better. Um, kicking game has to be better. Uh, we can't you know, miss two field goals. That, that's six mm. points. And we would need those six points at some point um, in the season. So I just think red zone offense and uh, kicking game right now is something that uh, has concerned me, but I think Coach Smart spoke about it, so I think that will 
uh, get handled. But at the end of the day, a play call is a play call, but the players have to execute that play call just as well. Yeah, four for seven on field goal attempts is wild. And three of those misses inside 40 yards, that, that's, that's not good. Um, hey, Terrence, appreciate you for being here. I know you got another big one this week. North Cobb coming to town. Uh, appreciate you, my man. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right? I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Terrence Edwards, the legend himself. Uh, always grateful to have my man T.E. come through here. Uh, I got to – man, now that I've, I moved away from the west side of Atlanta, it's hard for me to get over there to the bubble and see those guys practice during the offseason or mm-hmm. see him train during the offseason. But, man, you talking about somebody you can learn from. Uh, that's him right there. That is him, as the kids say. Also, one thing I wrote down here during the interview, I always like to take a little couple notes every once in a while. Um, I remember those call-in shows with Mark Rick because Larry used to run them. Mm-hmm. This is the Optimum Morgan's call-in show. Oh, we got Coach Rick here on Tuesday night. Just uh, Up next, we got Johnny from Lithia Springs. What do you got, Johnny? And then Johnny would say, well, Coach, I don't think our defensive backs are playing good enough. What do you think? And then I don't have a Mark Rick impression, but he would give some kind of coach peek. I could not imagine. I mean, I know there's the call-in show nowadays, but he don't take live questions, does he? Mm-mm. No, Kirby they're, filtered, take live they're filtered through Twitter. Yeah. Ah, yes. You sent, they send tweets, and then mm-hmm. the staff picks which ones are asked. That's the channel's debut of the Larry Munson impersonation. How did it go? It was pretty good. It was good. The chat will be The chat will let me know. I mean, I would imagine (laughs) if there's anything that Georgia fans are, like, real stern about, it would probably be Larry impersonation. Yeah, Yeah. rightfully so. Well, uh, let's get back to it. Um, Yeah, we've got a great show. Glad Terrence came on with us. Should we give him three? Yeah, let's give him three. Let's uh, give him three. Three ways that Georgia can improve ahead of week four. We'll start with you, Kirby. All right. Terrence alluded to this a little bit. I think we need to get more efficient in the red zone. Too many threes and missed field goals. As so well. we're going to give them two. One yeah. for everyone is red zone. Yeah. yeah. Everyone in the chat agree. We're giving them two today. All right. We got not good. Six out of ten yeah, in the chat. They're not loving it. Yeah. I'm going to have to work on it. Told you they'd be. Cri- they'd be. Yeah. No. Not not afraid to criticize that. You guys got to be a little bit more brave to criticize, you know. Y'all, I, mean, y'all I honestly thought like, it was pretty bad. good. Yeah, I thought it was. Decent. It's not bad. Yeah, I'll have to go back and. Listen. If you just said I wasn't like, oh my god, that's Larry. Munson. It was ad lib too, and yeah. I didn't get to do my my standard callbacks, which are, uh, what do you got, Warren? And you know the 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 sideline calls were the best. Yes, yeah, too much of a deep cut. Uh, anyways, number two, get Brock Bowers more involved. He's the best hmm. tight end in the country. I understand I like that. that teams are going to probably bracket him a lot like and do that. high lows, but you still got to find a way to get him the ball. He's a playmaker. Number three, improve defensive back play. You've got a couple of guys out right now. You need to tighten up in some areas, I believe. That's the only real criticism I have on defense. I felt like pressures on Saturday were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people are going to be like, we need more sacks, but we went over what stats are last week. So Hey, that boy Christian Kirby, give him three. The boy Christian got recognized on the street the other night. He was like, oh, it's the film guy. And, oh, Kirby, hmm. the other guy. Yeah, I'm just the other guy, right? Yeah, yeah. that's all right. You can well, get in there. some people the in the chat guys. just call you mustache. They don't even know your name. Yeah. So we should got something. It's all good. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, first one, can we finish plays in the backfield as a defensive line unit? Like, Just we, add him. Yeah. Just add him right now. Warren, Brinson. And it's, I think it's because we know that they're capable of it, and yeah. we know that Warren specifically is 
like that's very unlike a Georgia defense to not finish plays in the backfield. So when we can have the opportunity to tackle someone three yards behind the line of scrimmage, let's finish the freaking drill. I had the Brock Bowers one. That was one of mine. But I'm going to go with um, sticking on the offensive side. I'm going to say, especially with Trust now probably going to be your right tackle moving forward, let's continue to improve on offensive line play. You're having to move some pieces around. I think we liked what we saw Saturday for the most part, but we'll continue to build off of that. Oh, oh that's uh, Jay Will. Give him three. I, uh, I've been talking to some people about all these shots, right? We want to see more shots. We want to see more explosivity. We want to see more shots. And – the person I, one person I was talking to was like, how many, how many deep balls did we throw last year per game, you think? I'm going to go with four. I was going to say like three. Yeah, about three and a half. About three and a half times a game, they would six-man protect, take a, a, an absolute bomb shot. Okay? So this isn't some offense that's out here throwing bombs left and right. Never has been. Okay? You're very tight end heavy, and tight ends aren't running 40-yard routes. Even if Brock Bowers is just not going to do it. All right, so that's not what your offense is. It's not what it's been created to do. And uh, I would say, on average, that's about what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it is. Now, are you hitting them? No. So that's what I want to see. We want to see red zone improvement, but I want to see you start hitting these, right? I want to see when we run a a seam route down the middle with Dominic Glover and we run a a 15-yard dig in with Rod Rod Thomas – I want to see that we pick up Stone Blanton on, on, the, on the delayed blitz, right? I want to see Xavier Truss, and, uh, well, then it was Amarius Mims, but I want to see uh, Xavier Truss and, and now Tate Rattledge. I want to see them pass that start off and make sure that the, the delayed linebacker blitz gets picked up so we can actually hit the dig for 20 yards over the middle of the field. That's what I want to see. I want to see, hey, we have uh, Rod Rod Thomas on a, on a big skinny. Okay, I want to make sure that we're completing those balls over and over again on Saturday against a team like UAB. I don't want to see you dump the load. I don't want to see you go out there and throw all your shots. Um, man, come on. Hey. Come just on. Keep, just keep rolling, baby. Just keep rolling. I don't even have a third one. I don't even have a third one. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, running back explosivity. That's what I want to see. That's a good one. I want to see some 25-yard rippers. I want to see some gashes. I want to see some, mmm, thank you. I saw a lot of that on the film from uh, Dejan Edwards. It was great to have him back, man. It's like, you really notice it. Like, it's, it's palpable. Like, as soon as you put it on the tape, it's like, Phew. Oh, apparently matriculate doesn't mean to move slowly. Did you know this? Matriculate apparently means to basically, like, enroll someone into the military. Been using matriculate wrong my whole goddamn life. Shouts out to the Patreon audience. Hitting me in the DMs last night. Let me know that I'm a blubbering idiot. So here we go. We got a whole nother hour of the blubbering idiot. Coming up next over on NBR. Appreciate you. Love you. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out.